Laws and Regulations This session is going to cover the laws and regulations that surround our external auditor. We will cover 1. The regulatory body 2. Who requires an external audit 3. Who is allowed to form an opinion on the financial statements 4. The rights and duties of an auditor 5. An auditor's appointment and removal External auditors are regulated to ensure their work is effective, consistent and their credibility remains intact. There have been historical events such as the collapse of Enron that have caused issues with the reputation of the profession. This has led to tighter controls on what the auditors do when carrying out an external audit. The regulatory body. External auditors must therefore follow strict guidance to ensure their work is of the correct standard and maintains the credibility needed so that their opinion is valued. This includes the Code of Ethics which is guidance on behavior of the auditor. This is covered in detail in another article. Auditing standards must be followed which is specific advice on areas of the auditor's work. And corporate law specific to where they are based and where the client operates. The AFAC International Federation of Accountants is a global supervisory body. They are an organization working on consistency of accountants across the globe. They have subgroups which then take on specific, more detailed responsibilities for each area of the profession. The IASB International Auditing and Assurance Standards Board is the group that looks after the external auditor. They have two key outputs. The development of the International Standards of Auditing or ESAs, of which there are currently 36. And the International Standard on Quality Control or ISQC, of which there is only currently one. ESAs are published in a book regularly reviewed and periodically updated by the IASB. Each ESA gives the auditor specific guidance on elements of the audit process and must be understood and followed by the auditor. Only in exceptional cases would an auditor be able to depart from the standard guidance. Their decision would need to be justified. For a new ESA to be developed, there is a lengthy process. This will include lots of discussions with interested parties and debates over whether a new standard should be created or a current one adapted. The steps include a debate within the IASB on the issue. If concluded, there is a need for a change in the ESAs they will issue an exposure draft, which is a draft of the standard made public for feedback from interested parties. Comments from external parties are taken on board and approval from the IASB is sought. Finally, the new or adapted ESA is published. Many countries may have created their own version of auditing standards and choose not to follow the international ones. This is permitted as the AFAC has no legal standing in each country. In the UK, the Financial Reporting Council has adopted and modified the international auditing standards. Who requires an external audit? Registered companies are required to have an external audit. In the UK there is a small companies exemption which allows small companies to not appoint external auditors. These companies need to have revenue at less than 6.5 million. They can still have an external audit if they wish, but there is no legal requirement. This helps small companies who are often owner-managed and have fewer control systems and staff to not be burdened with an external audit whose expense often outweighs any benefits. Who is allowed to form an independent opinion on the financial statements? There are no real restrictions on who could be part of the audit team. However, those responsible for the audit and the decisions made on it are referred to as practitioners. These practitioners are required to be a member of a recognized supervisory body or RSB and be allowed to be a practitioner by their rules. Examples of these RSBs include the ACA and the IKU. Once you become a member, you are allowed to form an opinion on the financial statements and sign the audit report. The rights and duties of an auditor. For the auditor to conduct their audit properly, they need to ensure they have everything in place to allow them to do their job. Their key rights are 
They must be allowed access to all relevant company books and records. They must be given all information and explanations necessary to complete their audits. They must be informed of when and be allowed to attend any general meetings between the management and the shareholders, including the AGM. And they are allowed to be heard at such meetings. They must also be given copies of any written resolutions of the company. The auditor's duties are to audit the financial statements and form an independent opinion on them stating whether they are true and fair. They must also report on any specific legal relevance with inquire to the company being audited. They must also ensure they follow the auditing standards and their ethical code while carrying out the audit. Auditor's appointment. Auditors are generally appointed by the shareholders. This is usually done by vote with the majority decision being taken. However, there are some exceptions to the rule. If it is the first year that the audit has been required or it is the first year the company has been set up, the directors are allowed to appoint the auditors initially. This is to ensure that they have an auditor in place as soon as possible rather than waiting until the AGM at the end of the year. Once the first audit has been completed, it is then the shareholder's right to vote to decide whether to keep or change the external auditor going forward. If neither the directors or shareholders have appointed the auditors and deadlines for submission of an audit report have passed, then the government would usually step in. They would then appoint an audit firm to complete the work for the company. This is an extreme measure and is quite rare, but the rules are in place to deal with this if it happens. Auditor's removal. There were two main situations where an auditor would no longer act for the company. Either they are no longer able to act for them and resign as auditors, or they are sacked or removed. There are many reasons why the auditors may resign. It may be that being the auditor could affect their ethical behavior or the integrity of the directors and their relationship with them has changed and they feel they should not continue with the audit. Whatever the reason, the auditors must notify the company and the shareholders in writing as soon as possible. They issue a statement of circumstances which gives the reasons for the resignation and would then be available to assist with the handover to the next audit firm appointed. The shareholders will be responsible for removing the auditors. If the majority vote to remove or sack the auditors, then they continue with this decision. Once decided, the shareholders then need to inform the directors and the auditors. Notice is given to both the directors and auditors. Written confirmation is sent to both parties informing them of the decision and giving notice to ensure any issues are tied up before the auditor leaves. If the auditor feels that the decision is unjust, they have the right to send a response to all parties explaining why they should not be removed. I hope you found this useful. Thank you.